Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you into the uh, Up Tempo podcast. Joined tonight by uh, my two co-hosts, uh, Dalton Lane and Dalton Garrett. Um, Dalton Lane coming to you as an Auburn fan. Uh, Going to ask him a couple things about the Auburn program and uh, see what see what he thinks about the Harson uh, year one and the recruiting trail that Harson went on. And uh, going to turn it over to Dalton Garrett and, uh, you know, ask him a couple questions about the Florida program and the state that they're in. Um, you know, the Billy Napier hire, uh, the, the, the first couple days on the job and, and what he did uh, coming, coming here to Mobile and getting a, getting a big-time recruit uh, away from Alabama. And uh, we're going to get into that. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about NIL and the transfer portal tonight. Going to get their thoughts and uh, see where they stand on everything. So to lead it off, I want to uh, I want to talk about the NIL deals and where college football stands with NIL and how we all three feel about NIL. Me personally, I am a huge fan of NIL. I believe that it is possibly the greatest thing to happen to college football. Um, I believe that it has brought a lot of parity to college football. I know some people disagree. Uh, I think some people think that it's going to bring super teams to college football. Um, my, my belief is that we already have super teams in college football. So, I believe the kids do deserve to get paid. My one my one thing with the NIL is I think they have to come to a cap on the NIL. Uh, paying a kid out of high school $1.5 million to go to Jackson State, I'm not mad about it. But that's a lot of money to put in a 17, 18-year-old kid's bank account who doesn't have the – what word am I looking for? Who doesn't have the uh, the overall understanding of finances at that age just yet? You know, I'm I'm a big fan of the the commercials, uh, Bo and Bryce Young coming together and doing the Subway for the Iron Bowl, the Subway commercial, uh, the Milo Sweet Tea, Bo Jangles. I know Bryce Young does a uh, podcast through the volume um, with uh, I know J-Boy gets on there. If you have ever listened to the J-Boy show, go check him out. Uh, They get on there and and talk about, you know, the the previous games that week. And it's it's a really cool setup. And he, he draws in money off of that. And I think it's really, really good for the athletes who, um, you know, yeah, they get a scholarship and they get to go to school for free. But, you know, a lot of these kids come out of they come out of homes where, you know, I mean, let's face it, they're a lot of the a lot of the they're not financially stable when they come out of high school. Uh, a lot of the kids parents can't afford to send, you know, thousands of dollars to their bank account for them to eat certain meals where other kids might be you know, better off and a little more fortunate to go, you know, go out to eat at a a Longhorns and 
and order a $30 steak, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's really good for college football. And, and we saw Travis Hunter decommit from Florida state and go to Jackson state for an NIL deal. And I don't think we've ever seen that happen in college football. And I think it's a new era and I'm here for it. So at this time, I'm, I'm going to kick it over to, to Dalton and Dalton, and I'm going to get y'all's, you know, y'all's view of it. And uh, whichever one of y'all want to start first, have at it. Uh, Dalton, you want to go first? Okay. Well, I'm about to say, I'll, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. I, okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'm about to say, I, I'll start it off, I guess. And uh, I'm about to say, I, I like it. Um, the NIL deals, I do. Uh, the only problem I have is kind of like you said, you know, like you're giving, you're giving a 17 year old kid, you know, like $1.5 million. And, uh, you know, kind of like Bryce Young, like before the season started, they said that he had made seven figures before he even, you know, took a legitimate stat before he walked into a death Valley. And, um, you know, luckily enough, it did, you know, pan out for him, but that's, uh, it's just, I don't know. There's there's many ways to look at it, but that's like the but like you're saying, like the Travis Hunter kid, like for don't now I don't like his thing is because he's like, you know, the number one, number two player in the, you know, the recruiting class and he goes to Jackson State. And it's like we we won't get to see him under you know, under the lights, under all the pressure. And, you know, I wanna see him on prime time. Good point. You know. I, I want to see him, you know, wherever he went. You know, just say he would have decommitted from Florida State and went to LSU or somewhere. Like, I want to see him in front of 100,000 people, you know, see how he can handle the pressure before he takes the next step to the NFL. I agree. And that's really the only problem I have with the NIL deals is are we going to get these type of situations in the future where the – we're the number one player in the country or the, you know, the, you know, one of the top tens end up going to, you know, one of these Jackson States or, you know, just because they're making $1.5 million. But that's the, uh, but yeah, when it comes to, you know, paying players, you know, college kids that I don't have, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's good for football and um, it's a, it's definitely a, definitely a, a step in the future for uh i mean i don't kind of like you were saying like it, you know people might say it brings super teams uh you know i agree with you said like i've i mean alabama's been a super team since you know since 09 well i mean yes yeah, yeah here here's my thing with that is is what i mean by the super teams is is so you you look at the history of the college football playoff let's just take the college football playoff Let's not go back to the BCS or anything. Let's just take the college football playoff. What are the what are the main teams you see every year? You have your Alabamas, your Ohio mm-hmm. States, your Clemsons, your Oklahomas, and you know every year you're going to have a, a sprinkled in like this year. Michigan replaced Ohio State, mm-hmm. and um, like LSU replaced Alabama in 2019. But majority of the time you have the same faces, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. So that's what I mean in the super teams is 
I think you already have that. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, when you give the NIL deals, these kids are just going to go in there and they're going to say, well, I'm getting paid. I'm just, you know, I don't really care. So I'm just not going to try that hard. You know, I heard a lot of that in the yeah. off season leading into this season. Did Bryce Young, how did, how did he do? Yeah, he, he just he just won the Heisman what, yeah, two three weeks ago. Heisman. Yeah, so. yeah, just won the Heisman. So, um, real quick, we're experiencing some uh, some technical difficulties on Dalton Garrett's end. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to see if we can get him. DG, are you in here? Can you hear us? DG is not in here. Uh, let me see if I can stop this and get DG in here and we both reconnect. All right. All right. All right. All right. There you are. Let's see if we can get DG in here. Can you hear me now? Hey, there he is. Let's go. What's uh, up, man? Almost, dude. All right, did you hear all that? Did you hear where we were going with it? Yeah, I heard everything. I don't know why it wouldn't let me talk back. No, that's fine. Uh, we got you in here now, so uh, let me hear your side of it, DG. Um, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the same page as both of y'all. I, like, I agree that they should get compensated a little, but I'm really also on the on the fence as far as like, okay, before the season. DJ Ungalele from Clemson's, you know, the superstar, supposed to be in the Heisman Trophy, going to, you know, pick right up where Trevor Lawrence left off. Signs with Dr. Pepper. He's in the Dr. Pepper commercial, like, which are some of the biggest ones on college football Saturdays. Dude comes out this year and lays an egg all season. Um, I, to me, like, I, that's to me, it should be more of a – performance-based thing. Like, sure, like, you know, the guy who ever signed Bryce Young will be in the season to this massive deal. He looks like he, you know, stepped in stepped in a pile of shit and turned it into gold. But, <laughs> you know, you, you, don't, you don't know until these guys do what they do. Like, perfect example, you got Quinn Ewers, you know, leave high school a year early because he wants to make all this money to go to Ohio State. He goes up there, realizes C.J. Stroud's pretty, pretty good, and he's like, well, you know what? I'm never going to play here, so I might as well dip out and go somewhere else. And now, obviously, he goes to Texas. He's going to be able to offer him boatloads of money that he already was probably making anyways. But um, I don't know. I think they should get compensated. I think they should get paid. But I also think it should be more of a, hey, you know, do something for me on the field, and and then we'll see. Because you got guys that come in, these highly rated five-star guys, four-star guys, that they're obviously going to get all the hype right at the beginning of their careers. And they might never pan out. And then you got guys. I mean, obviously, me being a Florida fan, perfect example, Kyle Trask. Think about if Kyle mm-hmm. Trask was in college this year, how much money he could have made, or Joe Burrow, people like that who mm-hmm. who aren't aren't, aren't aren't highly rated guys really. But after they start performing, after they start balling, they 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 could have made the money. Where you got guys like, for example, like y'all said Travis Hunter. This dude is going to Jackson State. He might never even play in the NFL, but he just made one point five million dollars because they. They have a coach that works for Barstool, who's one of the you know biggest companies in the world right now. So yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I know when I was younger, I was on the side of you know they get scholarships that should be enough. But 
Um, that that should be enough in a, in a sense, but also at the same time, like you said, some of them don't come from families with money that would be able to pay for just a random night out at dinner type thing. So there should be some type of money flowing in their pockets at all times. It's just to me, it shouldn't just be a, hey, you're a five-star, we're going to give you a lot of money. So Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and and what Dalton said a while ago, uh, I, I should say Dalton Lane, uh, is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty upset that – because I want to see Travis Hunter on the big stage, but you know I want to see him in the hundred thousand. I want to see him, you know, play against you know the best competition. And do y'all think that he transfers in in a year or two? He grabs the NIL deal from Jackson State, and then maybe Dion takes a a Power Five job and he transfers with Dion. I I I think that might be like in the in the back of their minds for sure. Because I mean, yeah. if you if you're Dion, you look at Florida State right now, and that's a dumpster fire. Because they're like, yeah. you know, yeah. two years two, two years from now, Mike Norville might have a total of fifteen wins in four or five seasons. They're going to want to move on. If Dion Sanders is still doing decent at Jackson State, can they can only imagine what he's going to be able to pull and the type of talent he could be able to get to Florida State if he you know with a new transfer rule. If he goes to Florida State, guess what? Here goes Travis Hunter right behind him. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think so, possibly. No doubt. Yeah. That's, I just think, I, I hope, you know, it comes back to what I said, you know, like I want to see him, you know, I want to see him, if he goes to Florida, you know, just say he transfers, you know, with Dion to Florida State. Like, I want to see him in the Death Valley. That's the, that's the whole thing. Like, I hope he transfers because I want to see him with the pressure on his back you know, having to guard the best on the best. Because, obviously, at Jackson State, he's going to be the best, you know, both sides of the ball. I mean, it's, it's not okay. even going to be close. And so, like, I want to see him go up against the – you know, I want to see him go up against the, the, the Jamison Williams, you know, the Chris Olaves, the Garrett Wilsons. Like, I want to see him guard those type of people. No you doubt. know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see him, you know, guard kids. I mean, yeah, they're talented. In, you know, in the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to see that. I want to see you walk in to Death Valley if you go to Florida State. I want to see you walk into Clemson, and you know, 90, 90 plus screaming in your ear, and I want to see you guard, you know, you know, one of the best in the nation. Yeah, you know, Justin I just, Ross, yeah. yeah, you know, somebody like that. I don't, I don't want to see you, you know, playing the toilet bowl in Atlanta. But I mean, that's just that's me, <laughs> no doubt. But no doubt. Well. uh I, I I'm I'm glad we went over that. I, I I know it's a big deal in college football right now, and and I love to hear different opinions on it. Um, but moving on, uh, one of the next biggest things right now is you know everything going on. I think there I, I saw something on Twitter the other night that there's like 2,100 kids in the transfer portal right now, wow. and that's that's absolutely insane. Um. And and where I want to go with this is I think that, that they also have to find a cap on the transfer portal. Um, I feel like if you if you go somewhere, um, I feel like you should have to stay for maybe two years. Um, you know, and, and I just feel like a lot of kids are entering and they're not getting to play their first year. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I'll go transfer. Um, I'll just throw yeah. my name in the portal and, and I'll get out of here, you know. And and I think that there needs to be a at least a two-year stay at a place 
and you know because I, I i just think it, it's it's creating this thing where you know oh well you know i come in here expecting to play and i got out work so well i'll just go over here to to you know uh like 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 a Spencer Rattler to South Carolina where he knew that there wasn't any competition there. So he was like, well, I know I can go start there instead of sitting on the bench at Oklahoma. So let me just transfer out of here real quick. Yeah. And, and that's where I kind of stand on the transfer portal is I agree with the Bo Nix. I'm okay with the Bo Nix going to Oregon. He did his time at Auburn. Uh, you know, he, he's a grad transfer. He graduated from Auburn. Um, and it, and it kind of, you remember back with the Russell, uh, the Russell Wilson deal when he left NC state and went to Wisconsin, you know, he, he graduated and had an extra year and was like, Hey, let me go up here, you know? So that's where I stand on the transfer portal is, uh, you know, Auburn had, Auburn had a safety, Amari Harvey. Um, he signed with Auburn last year, come in, didn't play, got on Twitter the other day and was like, well, I'm transferring, you know? And, I just I'm not a fan of that with the transfer portal. So yeah. I, I just want to I want to hear y'all side of it. Must I say, D, you want to start it? Yeah, I go, I go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I, uh, I like it and I don't like it at the same time. I'm a big fan of obviously them changing the rule and like you know not having to sit out if you transfer because yeah. uh, you know, obviously to me if you transfer and then you're having to sit out a year like there goes a whole year of eligibility loss on top of. Now, depending on, I mean, let's just say you're a quarterback, you transfer to a bigger school, or you transfer to a school you want to go to, or you know, you know whatever the situation may be. Mm-hmm. If you have to set out a season, someone else might come right in and take that spot, and now they're not going to uproot a, you know, an uproot a guy from the year before, especially if they're successful. I mean, perfect example of that is you look at Georgia a couple years back. Jacob Beeson goes down game one. Jake Fromm comes in. They make it to the freaking national championship game. Well, then the next year they sign one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And you have another quarterback behind him, Jacob Jacob Easton, who was a five star out of high school as well. So now you got three five stars on one team. One guy didn't really lose the job; he just got hurt. One guy did exactly what he needed to do as a true freshman. The other guy is this highly touted freshman that everyone in the country wanted, and you just so happened to get him. And now it kind of puts you, you know, it kind of puts you in a bad spot. But thankfully, there's a transfer portal, so Easton was able to move on and go to Washington. Fields obviously moves on to Ohio State and does what he does there. Jake Fromm continues at Georgia, and and then obviously you can always look back and say, oh well, hindsight's twenty twenty. If Kirby Smart maybe benches Jake Fromm, you know they might have won a national championship. Well, yeah, sure, we could all say that now, but Jake Fromm, there's no Jake Fromm didn't do anything to lose the job, and so yeah, it's, um, that's tough to do. But then you also have situations like, like I said with that Quinn Ewers guy, like he went to Ohio State early enrolled, thinking he was going to be the dog that was going to take them to the promised land his freshman year. Not knowing, I guess, or for whatever reason, being ignorant to the fact that they already had three other four or five-star quarterbacks on the team. C.J. Stroud was a very highly rated kid out of high school as well. No doubt. Did exactly what he was supposed to do. If he doesn't have to – if he doesn't lose the Michigan game, he may have won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, so, it's like – you, you have you have situations like that where it's like these guys go in thinking, hey, I'm a freshman, I'm a number one player in the country, I should start. But they don't – you know, to me it's sometimes like – does the coach and recruiting tell him, hey, man, you come here, you're starting. Or, I, I, you know, I just – I would love to be a fall in one of those conversations sometimes because you got those situations, but then you have situations like Tua or Trevor Lawrence where they go in, Tua assists the bench the whole season until the second half of the national championship game, and then obviously the rest is history there. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't start for the first three games, 
he plays little, you know, here and there, every two or three drives, shows what he's capable of as a true freshman and eventually takes the job and then get, goes on to win national championship as a freshman. So you have the situations like that where it's like the transfer portal is good for the guys who, I guess, lose the job. But then you also, like you said, you have 2,100 kids in the transfer portal right now who just throw their name in there just, you know, kind of like a fish in the ocean. Hey, maybe somebody, or, you know, like a worm in the fishing pond. You know, someone someone, someone else might remember my name from a high school player. Even though I haven't played a lick where I'm at right now, maybe they'll remember how good I was in high school and they'll give me another chance. So, yeah. I mean, it's – I like it and I don't like it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I kind of – I kind of uh, – I mean, I agree with both of those. And uh, and also kind of think of, like, I mean, if you look at the – I like the, you know, I agree. I like the transfer portal. I don't like it. Um, but the same thing, like, you look at the, the Jamison Williamson kid. You know, he transferred from Ohio State to Alabama. I mean, he was sitting, you know, he was behind uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and now they got this new guy, the Jackson Smith kid. And it's like, he was number three. And now he's, you know, he transferred to Alabama. And now he's looking, you know, one of the top receivers in the nation. Yeah. And possibly going to be, you know, maybe one of the, you know, a very top uh, draft pick, you know, when it's his time. Yeah. So, and, you know, I definitely uh, – but, you know, I definitely agree with, you know, Don Garrett said, you know, with the Jacob Eason thing. So, like, it's it's got its ups and it's got its downs. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a fan of the transfer portal. But like you also said, you know, it definitely needs to be a cap. Like, with the Auburn kid, you know, coming in and then sad a year and now he's transferring again. Like, I'm not a fan of that. But yeah. it's – um. But you know, I, I like the transfer portal. It's a it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, football. Yeah, or at least think, for the kids. Yeah, exactly. And I th- I think another good thing I like, like for example, I mean, even though as a Florida fan, like it sucks right now because we got it seems like everybody on the team might be leaving. But it's like some of these guys, you know, they sign on for college to play with certain coaches, like, and then their coaches yeah. might get fired, or their coaches might move on to a new job or a better job or something like that, like. You know, to me, those guys should be given an opportunity. I mean, you know what? This isn't the this isn't the guy I signed up to play for. Like, let me throw my name in the portal and you know see if if there's any better option out there. But I also like, it's not really like you know, hope your name's in the portal, you automatically can't go back to where you were already at. You know, if you throw your name in the portal and then you know, maybe the coach, for example, I know Florida one of their best better defensive ends this year, and then Chris Bogle, he uh. He entered the portal, and a lot of people said, like, the first the first meeting with the players Billy Napier had, he, like, pulled him to the side and was like, hey, me and you need to have a talk. Unfortunately, he ended up leaving and going to Michigan and, you know, committing to sign on Michigan State. But um, I think that's another good opportunity as well for those guys to throw their name in the portal but not necessarily have to transfer. Like, they still have the yeah. option to come back to the school they were previously at anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um very good points. Uh, I, I, that's that's why I wanted to start this podcast is because I wanted to hear, you know, the different sides and, and not just my side. Um, but one quick thing, kind of kind of off topic, uh, who who are we going with on, on New Year's Eve? Uh, we, we got a big – we got a big matchup, and it's SG Jamo, all right, Jamison Williams, all right, against Sauce Gardner. Who you got? It's not even going to be close. I mean, it's 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 Jamison Williams. I, you know, Williams, whatever his name. I mean, he's he's. I mean, that's how much better he's going to be. I mean, I can't even. You know, I can't even say the kid's name. I mean, he's. I so, really. So uh, I, I'm not. I'm not meaning to cut you off, D. But, yeah, no, but, you're good. All right. So Sauce hasn't given up a TD. All 
all right, at Cincinnati. While he's been at Cincinnati, he, he's played over uh, like a thousand snaps or, 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 or this year or whatever yeah. the stat was. I can't really remember it off the top yeah. of my head, but he hasn't given up a TD. Does he give one up New Year's Eve night? He might give up three. Um, oh. I mean, oh, I it's it. well, that's the thing is I'll so I think what Cincinnati played Houston in their conference championship, I believe. Yeah, and I, I think I, I think I tuned in for a little bit, real boring game, but yeah. um, I mean, there there was maybe 10,000 people in the stands. I mean, it, it, seemed, <laughs> it seemed like, and I mean, I really feel like I, I don't think he's ever seen somebody like this before. Um, I, I mean, I'm predicting. Jamison Williams to go ahead and just have a game like Devontae Smith did last year against Ohio State and maybe put up about 230 receiving. Ooh. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just don't think Sauce has seen anybody like this. I mean, we're talking about – we're talking about Alabama. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, Southern yeah. Methodist University. I mean, this ain't – this is SEC football. And I really don't think Cincinnati's going to kick the new year off the way they want it to be. I think it's going to be a bad. I think it's going to be a bad start to the 2022 for Cincinnati and the Bearcats. Love and to hear that. It's just it's it's going to get ugly, real ugly. DG. Yes, yeah. See, I, I'm I'm more leaning towards uh, not really necessarily him. You know, one guy beating the other guy because you know, depending on the scheme that maybe Cincinnati runs. Yeah. You know, is is. Sauce Gardner or whatever he said his name was, is he gonna you know is he gonna mirror and follow James Williams, um, you know the whole game because I, I just I remember last year they played Cincinnati played Georgia in a uh, mm-hmm. Peach Bowl or whatever so I was curious to see how Pickens did against Cincinnati and Pickens went for seven catches, one thirty five and a touchdown, so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know that might have not obviously been on that Gardner guy but you know maybe that shows that they don't go hey you're our best we're gonna put you on their best because if you think about it. Alabama's got two dogs. Like, Mechie might not have the stats like everybody expected him to have, but Mechie, Mechie's no slouch. Mechie's a first, second-round draft pick wide receiver as well. Hey, Mechie's out. Remember that? He tore his ACL. Oh, yeah, he's right. You're right. Yeah. But then, yeah. okay, well, fast – I mean, I hate to break it. I hate to, you know, break y'all's hearts, but, you know, rewinds to the Iron Bowl. True freshman Brooks kid comes in. Yeah. Corey Brooks goes right down the field and has 70 yards on a game-winning touchdown drive. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's – for to me, it's like Alabama. Not only it's not a it's not a oh god we got to replace this guy. No, it's just a reload. Like hey, one five star gets hurt, we're gonna bring in another one. And then another thing that I really think y'all are, you know main thing we might be forgetting here in this whole conversation. Yeah, sure we got two great DB a great DB and a wide receiver. But we got the Heisman Trophy quarterback throwing to him. Another guy ain't facing nobody like that all season. So yeah, that that's I think yeah. the difference right there. I don't think it's how much better is. James Williams or Sean or whatever the Gardner guy's name, it's hey, what's the best quarterback Cincinnati's played this year? The kid at Notre Dame, and then now he's facing probably statistically the best quarterback in college football this year. So yeah. I think that that makes it that's a huge huge difference that a lot of people might not be talking about. Yeah, yeah I like that. I uh, I I was just you know I've seen I've seen a. Uh, a couple couple things on on Twitter where you know the Cincinnati fan base they think Sauce is going to shut him down, and I just wanted to get a a quick little quick little fun you know question in there and and see what y'all thought about it. But uh, you know now I want to uh, I want to kick it to DG and I want you to uh, I want you to run me down on the on the Billy Napier hire and 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 I'll give you my thoughts on it real quick. 
uh, you can put me on record saying this, out of all the hires in the country, all right, I said it as soon as it happened. The the rumblings come out that that LSU, you know, they were they were going after somebody else, and Florida was on Napier. And I said, man, what is LSU doing? All right, because he was right there in their backyard, and Florida went and got him, and. You can put me on record, and out of everybody, I, even Lincoln Riley to USC, even though it's going to be a lot easier for Lincoln to win out at USC, in my opinion, because, you know, the Pac-12 is just a bottom feeder. Um, but I think Billy Napier was the best hire in the country, and I think that he could have Florida back, okay? I'm not saying national championship. I'm not going to go that far yet. But I think that they could be right back to to competing with Georgia. Maybe not next year in 2022, but in 2023, I think that Florida could have it, and I think they could have it turned around, and they could possibly find themselves in Atlanta. What do you think, DG? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I at first, you know, it's kind of like one of those names, like Billy Napier, like who's this, you know, guy coaches Louisiana – you know, Sunbelt coach, obviously he got a pretty decent track record for where he's been in the past. But, you know, when we hired Dan Mullen, it was kind of like, oh, Dan Mullen. Like, everybody knew who Dan Mullen is. But, you know, outside of all the big talking heads on TV, like maybe not a lot of people really knew Billy Napier. But I would say his name kind of got started floating around after we, you know, got beat by Missouri or might have been after we danced in the locker room for beating Sanford. I mean, I don't remember which game it was, but <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, we we had we had a couple of bad ones right there to end the season, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, I was, I, but I was also a huge fan of the Dan Mullen hire. I thought Dan Mullen was going to be the guy. You know, he was there with Tebow and Urban Meyer back when Florida was the team, and uh, you know, if a lot of people complained about you know Muschamp, Muschamp could recruit, he could coach defense, but he he didn't have like a person a good personality with the players, or you know, McElwain. Was had a great personality, did this and that, but he didn't understand the standards. And then everybody thought, oh, damn on, he understands, you know, he understands the Gator standard, but he also is good at building relationships with people. But then, and then obviously, if you look at his record, I mean, going into this year, he was like 29 and six, which is three years in a row you go to a New Year's Six Bowl, you win two of them, you're in an SEC championship game, you have a Heisman Trophy, I don't know, competing quarterback, two first round wide receivers, like you had talent. You know, and he it looked really good, but then it was like a lot of people started kind of questioning it because over the offseason, you're damn on. There's a lot of rumors, oh, he wants to go to NFL. Like, is he looking to be an OC and then working way up? You know, all those rumors. And so a lot of Florida fans kind of thought, well, you know, is Dan checked out? You know, has Dan done this, Dan done that? And then um, after, after the, man, I, I went to the Alabama Florida game and it was one of those things like they beat us by two points. We missed the extra point. It could have been a different ball game, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after that game, a lot of people were like, oh, well, Florida, you know, Florida's – they almost lost and they look really good. But I was like – it just kind of slowly but surely after that game, like we would lose games like to Kentucky where we outgained them by 200 yards, where we got beat because we had 15 false start penalties. Like to me, it's like Dan Mullen was a hell of an X and O's guy. But when it came to like adjustments and being – like being, I guess, a, the mean guy, being – a you know, a CEO, being a boss, like Dan, Dan Mullen didn't really mm-hmm. enjoy that part of the job. Whereas, like, if you look around college football, you look at 
you know, if you ask me, the probably two or three best coaches in the country, obviously Saban, probably Kirby, and maybe Dabo. None of those three called plays. They let the people who they hired to do those jobs do those things. Not sure if Nick Saban sees a defense running out on the field and he don't agree with their you know scheme or Kirby the same way. Like they're going to obviously throw their two cents in and maybe change some things around. But Dan Mullen was our head coach, but also the play caller. Like to me, that's that's to to run a big big school like Florida, run a big program, major program like that. You need to kind of, I think, move put put those type things on other coaches. Let let them do that, and then you also you know, throw your two cents in there once in a while, but also kind of be the CEO. And I know that was what a lot of Florida fans were excited about with Billy Napier's. I mean, they even asked Saban. They talked to Saban about him. I don't remember if it was before the Iron Bowl or uh, the, the week leading up to the SC championship game. Like, you know, just, you know how they are. They always ask questions. Oh, you know, you coach with this guy. How, how do you think he'll do at Florida? And Saban gave him, he gave him a good, you know, seal of approval. And, you know, obviously – Saban don't just tap, pass that kind of stuff out, you know, lightly. And mm-hmm. um, one thing I did see leading up or leading up to his introductory press conference that really excited me, even as a Florida fan, was somebody said, you know, if Nick Saban's one and then Kirby Smart's two and Kirby Smart, everybody says, is Nick Saban 2.0, they're saying, well, hey, you better watch out because Billy Napier might be Kirby Smart 2.0. So um, mm. that's exciting. Obviously, you know, you hope, but, you know, only time will tell. So we'll we'll see for sure. So, DG, who do y'all play in the bowl game? Uh, we play UCF. But I'm mean, be quite honest with you, man. Like, I'm not really haven't really been locked in with keeping up with the bowl stuff. Uh, yeah, I've been more locked in with recruiting and who Billy Napier's hiring mm-hmm. and um, all that kind of stuff. Like, sure, the bowl game's gonna be great. But the thing is, um, Emory Jones is starting quarterback and he's transferring after the game. So it's like you're not really gonna see. What we have going forward, Anthony Richardson, you know, now unfortunately had knee surgery a couple weeks back, um, so he's not even playing the game. So it's not like we're really getting a glimpse into what we're going to do next year. Obviously, it's still the old coaching staff coaching their last game, so it's not like we're going to see new schemes or new plays or anything different like that. So I mean, sure, it's exciting. You want to win the game and go in the off season on a high note, but at the same time, I mean. To me, I mean, I'm sure this is probably the same way. For, like, obviously, we want our team to win. Like, I hate seeing them lose. But to me, this game doesn't mean anything nor project anything into next season. So, No doubt. No doubt. Um, real quick, I want you to run down. Uh, I know you said you've been tapped into the, the recruiting and, and, the, and the coaching hires. Uh, fill me in on a little bit and our listeners. Uh, fill us in on a little bit about the Florida program. Yeah, man, I think uh, one of the things that's really exciting about Billy Napier, like, I jotted a few things down from what he said in his introductory press conference, is like, you know, he, he wants he wants it to be – he wants people to understand, like, it's not just going to be, a, you know, a snap of the fingers overnight thing. Like, it's going to take – it's going to take time. It's going to – you know, he, one thing he repeatedly kept saying was, like, hey, one person one day at a time. You know, one person and one day at a time. Like, sure, like, you know, that, that sounds like a super cliche thing to say, and that's what you want your fans. Oh, you know, he's going to take it slow and – do what he's got to do, but like, if you if you look look at Saban, Saban wasn't very successful his first year at Alabama. It mm-hmm. took time. It took time to build programs, especially powerhouse programs. And you know that's as a Florida fan, it's it's always kind of been weird to me. Like people consider Florida this you know gigantic powerhouse of school. Like sure, three national championships is a lot, and it's you know a lot more than some schools have. But it's not like Florida has been really dominant since Tebow left. Like, sure, we've had a year, a year or two there, here, year or two there where 
we've made it to the SEC championship game, but it wasn't because we were that great. It was just because maybe those years the East were down. So um, I think Billy Napier has a good – it seems like a good plan, a good foundation he set forth. Um, one thing, obviously, I know all Florida fans are super, super pumped about when it comes to Billy Napier, like his emphasis on recruiting. Um, he talked about that. Like he literally said it in his press conference the other day after early signing day and that his intro press conference, like recruiting is – the off season, like that is all you need to do. That is how you win the off season, um, and so I think that's a huge thing. Another thing I know that Billy was super, super excited about with Florida was, I mean, obviously people have been talking about how he's been a top name for several jobs the last few years. I know you guys might know. Obviously, he was one of the guys that Auburn interviewed last year. South mm-hmm. Carolina interviewed him last year, and they said a lot of the reasons he didn't take those jobs was he's a apparently you know obviously a pretty stand up guy. He wanted to come, you know, continue his or finish out his contract with UL, but he also was wanting more, I guess, more investment from the university, more hands-on stuff from, like, he wanted to be, like, a whole team process, not just, hey, you're the football coach, you figure out football. No, he wanted to be, like, hey, the president of the school, the AD, we're all on track, we're all on the same page. And that was one thing that really he really harped on at the press conference was, like, just the investment of the university, like, their investment into the football program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know one – one thing that a lot of fans really took away from it, we're really starting to see just the last two weeks based off some of the stuff he's been doing as far as hiring coaches is they asked him, what, what was something, you know, how was he going to be able to put a staff together in time to get ready for recruiting? He said, well, you know, like, I'm not going to just rush into this. Like, I don't have to have a full staff, all DCs, OCs, every position coach hired by, you know, February 15th or whatever early Sunday is. It's a process. You know, he, he said, I want to build an army. And obviously – you, we watch college football, all of us do, and you look on the sidelines, and it seems like there's 35,000 coaches on the sidelines and in the booths already. But um, it seems like Billy Napier is, like, not only going to have those kind of coaches that are on the sidelines and in the booth, but the people that are behind the scenes that none of us ever see. And uh, he, he's really putting an emphasis on those people. And, uh, you know, just just like like I said, he, he's hitting recruiting really hard. He's hiring a lot of, a lot of people that – um, are known as really good recruiters. Um, so just that kind of thing. I mean, uh, do you want me to dive into a few of the people, a few of the bigger name people he has hired? Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think you know me and me and Dalton want to hear it, and I think the listeners want to hear it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. So so, I mean, obviously he's uh guys over from UL when I was four coaches. I've really been given like, oh, you're the OC. Like we got like a co DC. QB coach, or co-coach, and so-and-so analyst. It's like, it's kind of funny to look like everybody that he's, you know, hiring new like, They don't just have a basic title. Not like, they're not just the cornerback's coach. They're like, the AD of the uh, assistant manager of coaches of this. And uh, it's funny, I was listening to another Florida podcast I listened to the other day. And they were talking about how we're going to start seeing the the, the – him and you know all these random off the wall you know titles for these coaches but it's kind of true but um three of the bigger ones I know we've made so far that have really been what consider a home one of the first ones that really 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 set the bar high was he took Cody Raymond from LSU DB coach for the last ten or so years he played at LSU his name gets around all the time when DC jobs come open even some um, head coaching jobs, 
is a name that I know far to people have known for a long time. Every time a new coach gets brought in, everybody's always curious, oh, can we go get Corey Raymond and can we do this? And um, so he's going to be our DB coach and assistant head coach. And I think what really excites far to people about him is just listen to some of these names that he recruited while he was at LSU. He had Eric Reed, Jalen Mills, Jamal Adams, Tredarius White, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, and Derek mm. Stingley. I'm sure we've heard of mm. those guys, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, it's like, you mm. know, Florida's been – you know, Florida's always been in that conversation, you know, for the DBU thing. But now you have the, the, the legend. You have, like, the GOAT coach for DBs at a premier school in a premier state with five-star DBs every year. Now we're going to start hopefully seeing that benefit, you know, that – that big-name guy coaching and on the trail going to get those people. Um, another one that is kind of an under-the-radar under radar hire that a lot of people may not have noticed or really seen because it happened on early signing day is we took um, USC's wide receiver coach. His name's Kerry Colbert. Yeah. And he had been there for, I want to say, five, six years. And obviously, you know, us being SEC guys, we don't really keep up with the Pac-12 much, but – if you look, last few years, even though USC has been down, they've had some top-notch wide receivers. Like they have Michael Pittman, who's now starting in the NFL with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're not producing, he's, he had a couple guys come in, five-star guys he recruited. This year, he had arguably the best receiver in college football if he hadn't got hurt with uh, Drake London. Drake London had like 70 catches, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns, and he only played seven games. I mean, the dude was a third-team All-American and didn't even play – but a half of the season. So it's, you know, it's exciting for that as well. Cause I mean, Florida's that's one spot Florida hasn't really been weak in the last couple of years under Dan Mullins. Like we've had some, some really good receivers, you know, obviously with KT and, you know, Tyree Cleveland, Freddie Swain, and uh, this year with Copeland. And, you know, there's, there's the names have been there. We've been, we've been able to recruit the wide receiver spot pretty well, whether it be the portal or out of high school. So um, he's got some big shoes to fill, I think, but, you know, based on his track record, uh, that, that'll be one that I think benefits us in the long run. And then, obviously, like I said, he's made a ton of hires. But then another hire that if you're not a Florida fan, if you're not a huge college football fan that dives deep, deep into this kind of stuff, if you might. All right, there we go. There he is. Just waiting on DG. DG, can you hear us? Yep, can you hear me? Right. Yeah, we can hear you. All right, my bad, man. Uh, phone up. Uh, Phone lost service and uh and cut out on me. I don't know what happened, but uh yeah, go, get back on that uh get back on that Florida topic, BG. Yeah, so you know, I think I'll just talk about it real quick as far as hires, and we'll, I'm sure we can dive into recruiting a little bit. I'll let you guys you know hit the Auburn stuff a little bit, but um the last hire that a lot of people in the Florida side of it were super super excited about that obviously just a random everyday fan or of other teams or just around the country might not know was um was a lady by the name of Katie Turner who is going to be our assistant AD of recruiting um which obviously sounds like just like a basic title and when I first saw it I was kind of like oh, you know what's the big deal but a lot of people on Twitter were going crazy about her because apparently she has been um you know I guess the the engine behind the whole Georgia recruiting train um, a lot of, I saw a lot of stuff from the kids who were already at Georgia or kids who recently just signed with Georgia, you know, last week saying, oh, you know, we're going to miss Miss Katie, you know, Miss Katie's the GOAT. Um, one person even said, this is like a, a quote that I saw, um, said, 
Katie Turner is the heart and soul of UGA recruiting. Um, so obviously that's huge for Florida to go get someone who, you know, has a huge, you know, impact on recruiting. But I think another thing that may go, you know, fly under the radar as far as just hiring her in general is we just took one from Kirby. You know, Kirby's been recruiting like with Saban and Jimbo the last few years, and now we got possibly one of his, you know, main main people. Not only did she leave Georgia, but she left Georgia to come to Florida. So it's like, hey, you know, you just left what was already a powerhouse to hopefully, you know, fingers crossed as a fan, turn us right back into the powerhouse that, you know, Georgia's been. So, um, like I said, it, it's to, to a non-Florida fan, to just a, you know, casual Florida fan, it might have just seemed like, oh, just another hire. But um, based off the, the responses from even the coaches already on staff, you know, from, from the guys Billy's already hired, and then just the – just the players and the recruits for Georgia and the signees, um, you know, it seems like it's going to be one that five, you know, ideally four or five years from now, because Billy Napier's still there, you know, might be one that's like you look back on it's like, man, like hiring Katie Turner was a huge deal and getting Florida back in the national relevancy. So, yeah, I, uh, I like that piece. I like that piece. Uh, real quick, I wanted to, uh, Switch over to Dalton Lane right quick, and uh, you know me and you, big big Auburn fans, uh, love them. Yeah. Um, and you know this year we we started out, um, we went to Penn State, struggled. I felt like we should have won the game. Mm-hmm. I uh, wasn't a wasn't a big fan of the, some of the second half play calling. Um, I uh, wasn't a big fan of. Uh, fourth down from the two, three-yard line with the game on the line and your best player doesn't get the football. I wasn't a fan of that. Um, you know, the Georgia game, we, we were just clearly uh, out-talented. Uh, you know, they had the depth. They just had a better roster from top to bottom. Uh, so, I'm not mad at that game. Uh, and then, you know, I go to the Ole Miss game and we handle Ole Miss uh, all night long. Just, I mean, you know, we made Matt Corral, you know, I mean, we frustrated him all night. Um, We got the pick in the end zone, the key pick from Jalen Simpson. Um, And and you go back and you watch the second half, B, and and we only – you know, we only well, we scored three points in the second half, and we, you know, we didn't score, we didn't score a touchdown in that second half of the Ole Miss game, and then we roll over to A and M, and we get that disaster. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, and and then you know, you come off the A and M loss, and you're six and three, and you know, you still got a fighting a fighting chance to go to Atlanta because. Hey, look, A and M, they get beat. You know, Ole Miss beats them, so you still got a fighting chance. And you lay an egg against Mississippi State. You know, you give up twenty five unanswered, and and you lose there. And then you go to South Carolina for back to back years. And you know, I mean, I don't, I don't really want to talk yeah. about it. I mean, it was just. Yeah, wasn't wasn't a good wasn't a good week there. And then uh, you get in the Iron Bowl, and you you think about the Iron Bowl, and you're like, hey, if we'd have played like this all year, what could have been, you know? 
Um, yep. You know, what if what if we would have had Bo Nix? But if is the biggest word in the dictionary. So, um, mm-hmm. but grading Harson year one, um, you know, what, what would you what would you give him, and 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 how do you feel about year one and where the program might be? Uh, I mean, year one. I mean, I would. I don't know. It's hard to give him a good grade just because of like some of the losses. Um, I mean, we struggled, struggled with Georgia State. Um, I mean, we had to, you know, go on a what a ninety-yard drive to win the game with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Bo Nix got pulled that game. So, um, and then you know, like you said, you know, we gave up twenty-five, thirty unanswered to Mississippi State. I mean, I I, I quit watching, and um, I, I'm you know at halftime because we were up what twenty-eight to three, and. Yeah. You know, I get a notification from ESPN saying that, you know, Mississippi State scored 30 unanswered. Well, 28 and, uh, 10, they scored right before the half. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, pretty that, much. yeah, 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 that's right. And, um, you know, and then like you said, you know, the disaster of Texas A&M, which uh, just, Bo just played a terrible game. I mean, that's, and then, you know, going on the road to South Carolina, but I don't know, I give first year, and then, you know, like you say, played Alabama. I feel like Harson coached a great game against Alabama. Um, I feel like Derek Mason had a great defensive scheme. Um, Mike Bobo on the offensive side, not so much. Um, glad he's gone. Yeah, um, no doubt. I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. Not a huge fan um, of of Mike Bobo's play calling in any of the game. I mean, it started like you said with Penn State. I mean, two yard line. Bo Nix. I don't know. I was really never. He had his games where he looked like he could be promising. And he, you know, then he had his Texas A&M game where he just looked like he didn't know what was going on. And we threw a fade route, and Tank Bigsby did not touch the football. But, you know, after all that, I mean, I, I give Harson his first year maybe, I don't know, probably like a maybe like a C, just because, just because I feel like he should have – I feel like he should have had his hands more into the – the defensive scheme, like against Mississippi State, I feel like he should have, he should have, you know, stepped in and said, "Hey, you know, we can't let this Will Rogers guy sit back here and pick us apart like he's doing." Um, you know, you know, tell Derek Mason, "Hey, let's bring some pressure." Instead, yeah, yeah. he kind of he kind of sat there and didn't didn't get involved, and I think it also uh, hurt against South Carolina, and I definitely think it hurt against Alabama. Um, I think he should have stepped in when Mike Bobo told T.J. Finley. Uh, what was it, the fourth quarter? I think with about six minutes left, I think T.J. threw a pick. Yeah, first play. First play. Yeah, that, yeah. First play of that drive. And, and we, I th- if I'm not mistaken, we had just stopped them on a fourth and one, or the, the, or they yeah. hunted. Or, yeah. And then, like you said, I mean, you got two great, two good, you know, good running backs in Tank Bigby and Jarquez Hunter. And – of all the plays in the playbook, Mike Bobo decides to throw the football with yes. a backup quarterback. And that's just to me, that's that's just unbelievable. I mean, if I would I would have gave it to Tank until his tongue was hanging out. And then when he said, Hey, I need some help, I'd have said, No, you're staying in there. Um, I just I just wouldn't have put the game in T.J. Finley's hands in the Iron Bowl. And I think Harson should have stepped in right then. And we possibly beat Alabama, which would have been great for us. Um, and, it, you know, would have maybe kept them out of the playoff. Who knows? Well, 
not trying to cut you off real quick, but no, you're good. But you think you think you think back to the week before with the fourth and one call against South Carolina. You know, uh, what was that? You know, uh, we, that's another one. You know, Tank Bigsby doesn't he doesn't touch the football, and and you see him ESPN scans over the Tank on the sideline. He's got his hands tucked in his pads. Yeah, and, and he just looks like, hey, I'm ready to transfer. You know, yeah, and yeah. that was the first time that I actually thought I was like, oh no, in the back of my mind, we're gonna lose one of the best running backs that we've ever had. You know, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, that that play call right there. I mean, even even if it was Jark, you know, Jarquez. Are you uh, referring to the play where he threw the ball with TJ Finley? Like, yeah, the, uh, the play action and yeah, and, yeah, the deep ball or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. I mean, I mean, especially you know when you got somebody like Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, and fourth and one. I would rather you. I'd rather Tank get stuffed. You know, I'd rather him get stuffed. You know, straight up the straight up the gut, then you throw a play action deep ball with a backup quarterback to a tight end. I mean that that just I don't know. It's it, I once again I wish Harson would have stepped in right there and um, you know just been more involved with the offense. And that's uh, which I'm glad to see that I did read an article about this or. This coming up, uh, well, I guess next year, that he is going to be more involved with offense, and um, which I'm, you know, I'm very excited, and uh, so hopefully, uh, yeah, just hopefully he's more involved, and like if Derek Mason is, you know, struggling, you know, if he, if he is having one of those games where you know his defensive scheme isn't, you know, isn't working, hopefully he steps in on the defense side and says, hey, you know, I think this, you know, maybe maybe we should do this instead of, you know, instead of. You know, just letting the QB sit back there and yeah, you know, pick uh, you apart. Bring three and drop eight. Huh? Yeah, I mean that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you got at some point you got to bring four and five man pressures. Uh, you, you got to put a hand in the guy's face, and you can't let him just sit back there and have a tea party and yeah. uh, throw the ball around the yard like he did. Yeah, cause, I mean, even even you know, even in the Iron Bowl, like on the on the uh, the game time drive. Um, well, I think we forced them. Yeah, we forced them to the fourth and seven, and uh, you know Bryce Young hit he hit the little crossing route, and uh, right there, you know, I mean fourth and seven, game on the line, got to have the first down. I mean, if, if it's me, I bring, I bring pressure. And I bring the house. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to beat me. Yeah, absolutely. In the house. And, yeah, you know, I'm bringing, you know, six, you know, I'm five, six people, you know, I'm, you know, like you said, I'm bringing the house. I'm not bringing three, dropping eight. You can't do that to Bryce Young. He went on to win the Heisman. I mean, he, you, you just can't do it. And uh, I, you know, once again, I wish, wish, uh, you know, Coach Harson, I wish he had stepped in right there and said, hey, you know, we're bringing the house, we're bringing Smoke Monday, and you know, we're gonna make we're, Bryce is gonna have to get the ball out quick. Not let you know who who caught was it Mechie, I believe he he ran all the way across you know ran a you know ran all the way across the field. I mean just it was just I don't know it wasn't definitely some times in the season where I feel like Harson should have stepped in and made some good you know made some you know coaching adjustments. But yeah, and that's uh, um, but so I wanna I wanna you know I I kind of agree with the C grade. Uh, <laughs> And and maybe with the with his first full recruiting class that he just brought in, I might I might bump it to a B. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, with our, yeah. So, you know, here's one thing about, about the Birmingham Bowl, and, and you know, I want to I wanna see where you sit with this. Um, you know, I – I, one thing I do want to say to our, our Auburn fans out there, our listeners, is, is you know, we have to restructure this offensive line with Broderius Ham opting out. Uh, Nick Brahms having surgery. Um, what's his name? Um, Manning transferring to Kentucky. Um, so, we're going to have to restructure the offensive line. Um Two the two best defensive players that we had, Zacoby McLean opted out and mm. our consensus all American from the great Mobile, Alabama, Roger McCrary. Um don't blame him one bit. Um the one of the greatest defensive back seasons that we've ever seen. Um Roger did his thing, and, and I don't blame him one bit, and I wish him well. I'm so glad to see somebody from Mobile, Alabama uh, put on for the city like that, um, go into the NFL, going to be first-round draft pick. Um, just super excited for Roger McCreary. But how do you feel on Auburn's Birmingham Bowl matchup against Houston? Because I want to tell the Auburn fans – if we lose, don't get upset. If we lose, don't get upset. Yeah, I mean, if, everything that's going on with the offensive line and the opt-outs. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, if – I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be upset if we lose to Houston. I mean, Houston's a good – you know, they're, they're a good football team. I mean, it's – you know, and it's, you know, like – I mean, you're losing one of the best linebackers in the country. No it's a Kobe McLean. So, and and I I believe Owen uh Owen you know Papo I believe he's still hurt. So I'm, I don't know if he's gonna play. Yeah. And then you're losing you know an All American cornerback. So are you gonna have you know a freshman you know garden or a sophomore you know somebody young garden? So you know a a good wide receiver. So it's like yeah I mean you know to Auburn fans I mean don't be mad if you lose because I mean I. It depends. I mean, I I don't think Auburn's going to win. I just I just don't. I mean, yeah. with you know with everything going on, and you know, I mean, our offense line was very shaky. You know, and now we're losing. What would you say? Two of them? Or two of them are going to be yeah, there. Bro, Darius Ham he opted out and yeah entering the draft. Nick Brahms uh, had knee surgery, and then uh, Tayshawn Manning transferred to Kentucky. So. Okay, so that's three. So, I mean, yeah, so you, you have three new offensive linemen, and it's just – I mean, it was very shaky before them. And um, so now you're going to have three brand-new offensive linemen. You're going to be missing, you know, I mean, some some key defensive players. So, you know, I mean, don't – hell, you know, we, we might even get blown out. I mean, who, who, who knows? And, I mean, but, yeah, definitely don't be, you know, Auburn fans. Don't be upset if we lose. I mean, you, yeah. you definitely don't want to get that with you. Huh? You don't want to get in a shootout with Houston, that's for sure. Didn't didn't mean to talk over you there, but you don't want no. to get a shootout with Houston. Yeah, I mean, and personally, I just don't think Auburn's – I don't think we – well, I already know we're not going to get a shootout with them because we got – hopefully, you know, we got T.J. Finley. I mean, he's just not a shootout type of quarterback. And, you know, and our, our receivers, you know, I mean, they're young, you know, besides the uh, Demetrius Roberts, the kid. Yeah. 
you know, Kobe Hudson, young, you know, just got a lot of, lot of young talent at the receiving core. So, definitely don't think we get in a shootout with them. But it's – I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I've read some stuff about the Demetrius Davis kid getting reps. So, I would love to see him play majority of the game. Um, I don't know if I don't know if they're going to kind of do a you know fifty fifty with him and him and TJ, but I would love to see Demetrius uh, get a shot. I mean, you know what it, what do you have to lose? You know, I mean this, no this bowl game. You know, it's just the bowl games, the Birmingham Bowl, the Birmingham so, Bowl. I mean, baby. Yeah, last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now. I'm, yeah, I mean it's you know, I mean hell, pull out the hook and ladder. You know, dig in there, Harson. You know. <laughs> You did. You pulled it in the Fiesta Bowl years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. bring it back. You know, bring it back. <laughs> so it's uh, I would love to see Demetrius Davis get a shot, and uh, you know, if he comes in, does his thing, um, you know, we'll you know start him next year. Maybe I don't know. We still got to see what this holding holding uh holding yeah. kid's gonna be like. Yeah. yeah. Got to see what he's gonna be like, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still excited for the bowl game to kind of see some new faces. And you know our wide receivers get a little more work, um, so I'm, I'm I'm still excited for the you know the bowl game, even if we win or lose, just to, just to get some experience in for next no season. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, if, if, if you don't mind me interjecting real quick, like oh, y'all saying, it might might be a shootout. If it's a shootout, that be that be um, that might be in y'all's favor because Houston, their defense has been top notch all season. They're they're actually the sixth ranked defense in the country. Um, in total yards per game, and obviously they don't play the caliber of teams y'all play, but um, their defense is no slouch. So if, if y'all start scoring, if y'all start scoring on them, scoring on them, and turn it into a shootout, that means uh, one of y'all's two quarterbacks or whoever y'all decide to roll with that day is doing his thing. So yeah. it might not be a terrible thing for y'all if y'all turn it into a shootout. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I think Auburn's. Uh, gonna try to make him happy, um, and and I think that's a big key. I think I think we gotta we gotta give Tank his fair share and uh, and really uh, really keep him at Auburn's biggest. Because I want to see Tank have a day, and uh, and so you know I, I want to wrap it up here, and 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 I want to have both of you guys back, and and let's do a recruiting segment, and uh, just. I you know I I, I want to get into the Shamar James deal at Florida and and talk about how big that was. I want to dive into the Auburn recruiting with y'all, and uh, I definitely want both of you back on. Um, and and I I know you know as as you know we all three got this idea together, and y'all two being you know my two guys and my two co-hosts, um, I really appreciate both of you coming on, uh, giving me your time tonight, and uh. Hopefully, I can get both of you back on. What do you say? Absolutely, man. You know, I'll yeah, be absolutely, no doubt. I'm about to say I'll be here. Well, I love to hear that, and uh, I'll uh, I'll wrap it up with this. And uh, DG, if you want to give me a big go Gators, or, hey, go Gators, baby, go Gators. Hey, there you go, there you go, and and I'll I'll sign off with this. War Dan, have a great night, people. Appreciate you for listening, and uh, that's all, folks. <laughs>